you're listening to Agile Ideas, the podcast, hosted by Fatima Abuchi. Episode 14, Failing as an Entrepreneur, Getting Back Up and Trying Again. Hi everyone, welcome back to Agile Ideas, the podcast. Today, talking all things epic failures and some of the learnings that I've had in my entrepreneurial journey over the years. Now, for those of you who don't know, I started my entrepreneurial journey when I was seven years old. That's right. I was seven years old and I opened my first restaurant. Now, this restaurant was amazing. It was one of a kind. I remember the dishes I had served in this restaurant included soil, some leaves and some crunchy elements as well. You see, this restaurant was actually a backyard restaurant, um, a restaurant where the food, although may have looked appetizing, were by no means to the standard and quality of that, which you find in shows like MasterChef. Um, In fact, the restaurant I was serving real soil from the garden, leaves from the tree, and I remember finding bugs in our backyard and serving them as well. You see, although I didn't realize it at the time, I was actually setting up and running a store and I was selling products in exchange for stones from the backyard to my siblings and to my cousins. My first taste at entrepreneurship. Fast forward a few years later, and I recall being about 11 or 12 years old, finding an animal in our backyard that was injured and deciding that I had to raise money so that we could get treatment for the animal. How would I do that? I didn't have any money. At that age, you don't normally have that much money. And so I thought about what could I do? And it was then that I decided that I needed to launch an event, an event that would involve having people come along for food and drinks, watching of performances and buying raffle tickets that which all the proceeds would then be raised to go towards helping helping the animals. So that's exactly what I did. I enlisted my sister who is younger than me and my cousin and other people in the family as well to help. I remember getting the parents to cook food for the event. I remember finding items in the home that could be repurposed as raffle prizes. I remember enlisting my father to cook the barbecue and organize the drinks. And then I asked all of the people within our community to come along and watch the show. And I recall after many, many weeks of practice that we ended up running quite a successful little concert and raising several hundred, several hundred dollars to actually help the animals. It was quite an achievement, especially at such a young age. So you see, two business experiences. And then it was many years later where I came across my real, my real first business experience in the real world as an adult. I remember working within the corporate space 
And it was something that I did love, absolutely enjoyed so much. I loved working in project management and working with great people and great teams. Although I felt like something was missing. I just felt like I couldn't imagine myself doing the same thing that I was doing for many years at that point for the rest of my life. Not because there's anything wrong with it, but for me, I just felt that I had more to give and I felt like I had more that I wanted to learn and I felt like there was something inside me that wanted me to go back to that entrepreneurial spirit that I remember having as a child. Now growing up in a family, my parents both had entrepreneurial um, spirit within them. Uh, my mum my came here with my father as migrants and I recall my mother you know, teaching herself English and then starting to sell Mary Kay cosmetics. My father, with my uncle, helped to run his photography and videography business that my uncle set up when he came to Australia many years ago. It was the most popular video and photography business of its kind and it, it ran, a, a, ran across many events across the country. I recall being being surrounded by people in the community and in my family that were running businesses and I just I just love the freedom that it gives you so I decided to do that myself and that's when I decided that I would set up my first business now I mentioned today that in this podcast I wanted to share a little bit about the failures and believe me there has been so many and I couldn't possibly talk about them all so I thought I'd share a few of them When I first set up the original business, the business itself, although conceptually I had an idea, I didn't really think it through long enough. One of the the biggest failures at that time was not doing my research. Research itself is something that is important whether you're trying to find an electricity provider or you're trying to find a venue for your wedding or you're trying to set up a business. Because at, at the end of the day, if you don't have customers, you will not succeed in business. And that was part of the problem. I've been so excited to set up a business, a business that I was not committed to 100%. And I know that because I stayed in my full-time job as a contractor. In this business itself, I continued to progress down the path of getting all of the, the you know, business numbers. I even organized a 1300 phone number and a website. I remember getting email addresses. I, I remember spending some of my money to set this business up. Did I know what I was doing? Absolutely not. Did I know where I was going? Nope, not at all. Did I even have a plan? No, I didn't. I just kept dreaming and believing and then doing that over and over again and deciding that I would make it up as I went along. Although the business itself, it didn't catch on. I realized that not only was my target market audience wrong, but I also realized that what I was offering was not clear It wasn't something that was tangible for the businesses, the small businesses that I was targeting. 
And it also took me away from my greatest passion and love and that was the project management industry and the governance space and being involved in corporate businesses and helping them who have the appetite to make significant change and to transform. So through my first business, not only did I get no planning done, I didn't do any research, my target market was wrong. I also didn't even think about what I needed in terms of budget. I didn't have any idea how much money I would need and so I just started burning money in the process of setting up the business. I remember one week I would be spending money on getting marketing that didn't actually link to any marketing strategy or marketing plan. I remember not having proper contracts in place that then opened me up to risks with some of the few customers that I had at the time. I recall not having a clear scalability opportunity of how I'm going to grow the business. I remember not having a clear path around how I'm going to get more resources on board. I remember having challenge after challenge after challenge. And effectively, people didn't really understand clearly what I did. And the biggest indicator for me was I didn't believe in the business 100%. And the reason I know that is because I wasn't willing to give up my day job. And if I wasn't willing to give up my day job and back myself 100% in that first business, then why would anybody else support it? And look, there are people that, including including my, my husband, and the people in my family and some close friends that really were supportive despite the fact that they felt that that business may not be going anywhere. And they tried to tell me politely at times. And they continued to support me in everything I did. But at the end of the day, it wasn't a business that was going anywhere. And I knew that you can always change direction. And that's what I decided to do. Fast forward several years later, after going through this business experience and actually learning quite significantly, I learned a lot of the ups and downs. I learned what I did wrong and what I needed to do going forward. And it was many, it was several years later that I came across an idea when I was working within another corporate business. And I thought about some of the challenges I was seeing within this organization. And they're the same challenges I had seen the previous times that I had worked here but also the same challenges or similar challenges that I'd seen in organizations where I'd worked previously as well and I thought all of these organizations are having the same problems around governance around consistency in the way that they apply project management frameworks inconsistencies around how they shared lessons learned and knowledge across an organization. I kept seeing so many different teams doing the same thing in different ways, independently of one another in silos. And I just didn't understand why, why we couldn't, well, why these businesses that are spending millions and millions of dollars in some organizations, billions on projects and programs and portfolios, and they continue to have high failure rates. And I just felt that 
the, the, the supporting functions and the supporting mechanisms that were in place around these project and portfolios and programs itself were not as efficient as I felt that they could be. Why did I think that? Because I was seeming to get successes through my own experiences and with those I was working with by trying alternative approaches. Approaches that were more pragmatic, more adaptable, more flexible, more supportive to those within that environment. And I just felt that taking that approach and scaling it across an organization could be something that could really, really, truly create magic. And so within the organizations that I was working with, I continued to to advocate for change around how the project management functions were supported, around how governance was enabled and how situationally we needed to look at how to drive enterprise agility through better governance and better support for the project management delivery teams. I had many conversations with managers, colleagues. I had many, many days and weeks researching, looking at the problems and how they were similar across organization and decided that there was definitely place for an alternative. And it was then working and speaking to a colleague, a manager of mine that I looked up to, someone who was acted like acted like a bit of a mentor, where I decided that the concept itself of of the project management office, something that I spent many, many, many years working in, had to change. I felt like it's something that hadn't evolved for a really long time. And I felt like I had the opportunity to really disrupt that market and make a change. And so ever since 2016, three years on, it's exactly what I've been doing. But this time, rather than not researching, I've done my research I've done research locally, nationally, and internationally. I've spoken with academics. I've spoken with practitioners across the industry, those that are past and present. I've actually read a lot of the research out there that exists around my my industry and my space. And I started putting the pieces together. But most importantly, in addition to doing research and reading material out there through day-to-day experimentation with clients on site in real life scenarios, I started implementing aspects of what I now call the AMO method. That method itself started to deliver results instantly. And I realized that after spending about two, three years, two to three years in a particular organizations and seeing the outstanding results that the approach that I had taken with a limited team across a global program of work had delivered in such a constricted resource or sorry, resource constrained rather space. Imagine what we could do if we scaled that across an organization. And it was that point that I realized I was ready to take the plunge. It was that point that I realized that I was onto something. And it was at that point that I decided that I had to share more about 
what I wanted to do and what I wanted to achieve with Agile Management Office. I realized that what I needed to do was invent my future based on the dream I have around this business. I realized that I had to escape the ordinary, disrupt the status quo and realize that in order, in order to, to drive the changes that I wanted to see, I had to utilize all of my time in creating that future and what it needed to look like. And so ever since my entrepreneurial journey, I've been learning a lot along the way. And even in this current business, I've had a lot of lessons, really, really important lessons. Lessons where I felt that we may never pick up customers. Lessons where I felt that maybe the copycats that exist out there, and there is some globally that I um, have come across and also have contacted me who are who have who have been imitating some of the work that we do albeit not with the same results as founders of as founder of agile management office and the amo method i'm pleased that the company is growing and has grown from strength to strength and i realized that in order to grow your business you need to sit down and take time to reflect and think about what it is that is going wrong either through your own personal observations or even more importantly from observations of those that you trust around you i've been i've been working with a business mentor for the last 6 to 7 years and that business mentor has been on that journey with me i have had great supportive colleagues and mentees that i've worked with as well as my family. And over the time that I've been running the first business till now, I've realized that I didn't just pivot. I actually I actually fucked up. People often don't like to admit the fuck ups, but I will say that it was exactly that. And I've learned from that. And nowadays I'm in a better place. Learning and celebrating every victory along the way and finding the opportunities to continue to better the business, myself and making sure that I bring my A-game every single day to try to be better than the day before. And then just to remember that if the struggle is part of the story, then make that story bloody amazing. A quote that I love to, to reference a lot. All in all, it's been a very, very interesting journey and I have no doubt that it will continue to be that way. My biggest advice will be to not give up but to keep persisting and more importantly, make sure that you take care of your mental health so your mental health doesn't manage you. Thank you for listening to this podcast today. I hope that you've been able to think, feel or be inspired. If you'd like to get in touch, you can find us on all the social media channels by searching Agile Ideas or look me up on LinkedIn just by typing in my name. You can also get in touch with us via the website at www.agilemanagementoffice.com 
Other than that, I hope that you have been inspired by something I've said today. And if you are considering going into business, do it. Do your research up front. Line up what you need to line up before you take the plunge. Do it as a hobby on the side before you leave your your you know your full time job if if you are working in one, and think about what you want to achieve over the next one two three five ten years. Make sure you have a at least a vision of where you want to go in the next twelve months so that you know that you've got somewhere to head towards. Hopefully you've enjoyed today's podcast. If you have, please share your share the love with a comment or a like or get in touch with me personally if you would like to know anything more about what I've discussed today. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a wonderful day ahead.